This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, number 121, for Tuesday, September the 10th, 2013. It's a Tuesday. It's not a Monday, but there's true. a good reason for it being a Tuesday, Jason. Also true. Well, not really. I mean, it happens every week. Uh, well, that, that, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> there's a good reason that we are recording on a Tuesday. Oh, okay. And, yes. And that is that you were on a plane last night. Yes, I was. Which makes it difficult to record a podcast. It does. They won't let you use the internet on a plane unless they provide it for you, which they do, but at a premium. An extreme and not very premium, good connection. Right. And there's engine noise and stuff. I suppose I could we could have recorded. But. Uh, it, it would have been silly, though. Uh, what was it, like three-hour plane ride? Four, four? four hours and six minutes. Wow. It takes a lot longer to get where you are than I thought it would. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've flown out that way. Uh, in I Calgary. Don't, I don't think it's a secret. Yeah, we can tell. No, everyone. it's not a secret. I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in Calgary. You're in Calgary. You normally live here in Toronto with me. Yep. Not with me. I don't live with you. In the, in the same city. <laughs> Close-ish. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> not even that. That's not even true, actually. Uh, but right now, you're in Calgary, and I think this this signals the beginning of a new era for this podcast. It kind of does. Because you're going to be in Calgary for an extended period of time. I'll be here uh, on our podcast evenings, Monday nights, for the rest of the year. And so we had to figure out a way to record disparately. Uh, you in Toronto and me at a different location. So uh, I think I think we we figured out the you know the ins and outs of it, and we ironed out a few kinks. Yeah, I think so. You know, some people uh, sometimes write in and ask ask questions about us. They want to know us. They you know they want to get to know us a little bit. And I don't mind offering up some information. So I think now is a great time to give a little bit of podcast history. What do you think? Sure. We've done we've. Splattered this in a little bit uh, over the over the uh, the months and years, but when we started this show, it was September of two thousand and nine, right? Wow, God, I don't I, know. I think that's right. It was a, it was a <laughs> long time ago. It was one hundred and twenty one episodes ago. It sure was. Yeah. And at the time, you were living essentially around the corner from me, just down the street a little bit. Yeah, it wasn't far. It was a ten minute walk. Exactly, not far at all. And it made podcasting really easy because you just came over here. I had all the gear here. You sat down. We pressed record and we started talking. And then right. at the end, you just got up and went home. That's right. And it was nice and quick. Mm -hmm. And then some time went on and you moved. You moved away to uh, another place, which was well, there still... Was, there, there was a point where we recorded at your parents' place. Oh, right. The first season was all done at your parents' <laughs> place because you were renovating your basement. I forgot so about that. So we couldn't record uh, in your basement anymore. So every Monday night we had to commute to your parents' place and we recorded in uh, in your dad's studio. You're right. We did a little bit of, of that uh, for for that season because this there was nothing down here. There was nothing in my basement. It was just a right. big empty concrete room and it didn't make for a very friendly recording environment. No. So you're right. You're, I forgot about that. We did a while there, but at the time you still lived nearby. And yeah, your parents lived close to both of us, so it wasn't all that far a commute. No, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um, okay, then make sure I have everything correct here. In, after that time period, was there anything else that happened before you moved away? No. No, we recorded in your basement, your, the newly minted uh, The Talking Dead Studios. Yes. 
and then uh, we recorded there, and then I moved to uh, Pickering. Yes. And but I was still coming in. You were so that was sometime during season two. I believe so. It's been a year and a bit. Uh, yeah. Since okay. I, m- I moved to Pickering. That's it, eh? So maybe it was maybe it was during right after season two. It was the oh, summertime. Excuse me. Two years ago. It'll be two years in October. Okay, so there you go, season two. And now your your house is about 30 kilometers now from my house, so it's not right. that far, but it's a lot less convenient than a 10-minute walk. It is, yeah. And we decided at the time that when we got around to it, we would come up with a way to record, you know, without you having to come here, but we never really did because it wasn't super inconvenient. Right. I'm sure from your perspective it was kind of inconvenient. I <laughs> eh, it wasn't wasn't too bad. It still wasn't it wasn't bad enough that we had to figure out what to do and how to do it. And in some ways you were coming into into the city to work anyways, so Yeah, a lot of times I like my office is still near you. So if I was working at the office, that was uh that was nice and easy that I could come in. But if I was working from home or working from a client site, uh sometimes it could be a little bit inconvenient. And there were a few occasions where we recorded over Skype and my audio wasn't good at all. Those. Mostly because we had to for some reason. There was there's the odd time where I've screwed something up or something unexpected has happened with the audio and we either had to redo it or whatever and so we had to do a Skype call just because getting together again was too much trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so now here we are. It's it's uh September. We're we're just about a month before season four starts. And uh, you up and leave and go to Calgary. <laughs> yeah. So that was a good uh, a good jumping off point for actually figuring out how to record remotely with decent audio. That was the key. Recording someone over Skype or with, uh, you know, from another location isn't that tricky. We've done it before. We've even done the live call-in shows, you know. Oh, which, yeah. Yeah. Which, come to think of it, we should uh, schedule another one soon, but we'll talk, we we'll talk about that later. Um, but, but, you know, we wanted to get... Uh, Our ideal scenario was to come up with a system here where it would be completely transparent to the end user that you were not sitting across the desk from me and you were, in fact, 4,000 kilometers away. Right, except for this arduous uh, discussion. Well, yeah, (laughs) I I don't mind revealing it to people, but, you know, day-to-day listening or week-to-week listening, it won't sound any different. That's sort of the long end of this or the short end of this long story. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think we figured out uh, a good way to get uh, to get the recording to sound good on both ends. Yeah, exactly. Good. So, anyways, good time in Calgary. I hope you have a good time there. And uh, I'm you'll, working. You'll be it's back. Fantastic. On, you'll be back on weekends. Yes. Which is which is nice, uh, especially for your wife and your cats. <laughs> True. Um, I'm sure they will miss you. And you know what, man? You picked a good day to leave. I don't know what the weather is like there, <laughs> but it is just ass drippingly hot in Toronto today. Especially nice. for the middle well, of twenty-two September. degrees, no humidity. It's great. Twenty-two degrees, no humidity. It it is thirty-five degrees Ouch. here today, which I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but someone can do the calculation. Thirty-five degrees Celsius. Da- da- damn hot is what that translates. To. Damn hot, especially for the middle of September. I mean, it should be yeah. like twenty-five, and then it goes down to the teens at night. But no, summer Gross. is back with a vengeance here today. Gross, gross, gross. Oh, my God. And the air conditioning in my office wasn't working. I had to have a fan on me the whole time or I would just turn into a giant sweating mess. I'm fine. I I walked uh, from the client site here in Calgary to the hotel, and it was uh, was rather a nice walk. Well, you're lucky. You picked a good day to leave. Of course, in in three days, it'll probably be, 
you know, five or something like that. So, see, that's good. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd almost take it over thirty-five. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's all fine and good. So uh, that's the sort of state of the podcast right now. We have lots of other stuff to announce before we get into the meat of this show. The first right. is that I, I do have a special day today to honor, as, as oh, you we, do. we always do, yes. Oh, good. It's and, not Jason in Calgary Day? Well, well, that, it is that, but uh, I'm not sure that'll be celebrated by anybody but you. <laughs> anybody, really. I mean, if, I, there <laughs> including are, me. Presumably, there are other Jasons in Calgary, so uh, hi, Jasons in Calgary. <laughs> Hello, all you Jasons out there in Calgary. <laughs> today is actually Swap Ideas Day. Oh. So, you know, maybe you swapped ideas at work or you were on the bus with someone and you decided to, uh, you know, talk about some ideas you've had or something like that. Today no, was, I, is the day I, to I do did, it. I did not do that today. Well, um, here, here's the idea <laughs> from okay. daysoftheyear.com. The idea behind Swap Ideas Day is that everybody gets together to exchange ideas. Everybody. <laughs> everybody. People celebrate this occasion by connecting with other people to share thoughts and concepts. There are no rules outlining the nature of the ideas to be shared, thus making Swap Ideas Day an ideal opportunity for people to be as creative and wacky as they like with their ideas, as well as learning from the ideas of others. Well, I have uh, an idea to share. Let's hear it. When you get to a hotel, uh, when you first get to a hotel, unpack. Like, don't just live out of your suitcase. Actually use the drawers and the hangers and stuff. It makes life a lot easier. Especially when you're there for more than a night, right? Yeah. You're going to be there for, exactly. what, five nights? I'm here till Friday, so four nights this week. Yeah, so you unpack, you put your stuff away, you know, you put your toothbrush in the cup. It's like you moved in. Exactly. Except someone comes and makes the bed for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's lovely. <laughs> and also another idea when you do a lot of traveling is to have a complete second set of toiletries. So that you're not constantly packing and unpacking your toiletries as you come and go from your house. You just have your toiletries that you travel with. They stay in, in the bag. And then you have the toiletries at home and they're already unpacked. Boy, you've got it all figured out, man. Yeah. It's like you've traveled before or something. Yeah, I ha I've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It's been a while, but I've done it before. Well, we'll probably uh, swap a few or at least present a few ideas over the course of this podcast here tonight. So... That's how we will. That's how I will celebrate Swap Ideas Day. Excellent. Um, let's remind everyone that we are going to Walker Stalker Con. Despite you being in Calgary now, you're still coming with me. It was conditional when they asked me if I could go to Calgary. I said yes, but I have to go to Walker Stalker Con. Right, and everyone said, "Well, of course you do." Yes, they said, "Yeah, that's no problem." Of course. Uh, so we are going. It is on November 1, 1st to 3rd uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. It's going to be awesome. Now, last week when we talked about this, um, I forgot to mention the guest of honor that's coming to the con. Other than us. Well, yeah, I mentioned us. <laughs> <laughs> the actual guest of honor, though, is Greg Nicotero. Oh. Mr. Nicotero is the guest of honor at Walker Stalker Con. He'll be... I guess on panels, there'll be a schedule of that at some point. You'll have a chance to, to see him and maybe meet him. You never know. And uh, he is producer, special effects director, as we all know, on The Walking Dead. So he should have lots and lots of interesting stories and information to share. That should be fun. It's going to be great. Now, since our last podcast, there's been a few uh, other announcements. One is that Emily Kinney, who plays Beth, will be there. Oh, that'd be nice. Um, now, she's also going to be performing a concert, because as we all know, she's a musician. 
and uh, she will be doing a concert that you can uh, buy a ticket for if you'd like. I would like. So that will be fun. Also, Lori Holden has now confirmed that she's coming. Good. As uh, as well as Irony Singleton, who played the deceased T-Dog. Not at the time. He didn't play the deceased T-Dog. He played T-Dog, who is now deceased. I think it works the way I said it, too. Doesn't Does it? it? <laughs> <laughs> he played I guess a, so, eh? He played a character who is now deceased. Um, so he'll be there as well. So they're rounding out, you know, most of the key cast for, for The Walking Dead. And it is going to be super, super fun, I am sure. So uh, make sure you go to walkerstalkercon.com to find out all the information. Get your tickets. Uh, there's exclusives. You can pre-order T-shirts, um, other stuff. And, uh, you know, you have a chance to to meet and interact with some of the cast and makers of The Walking Dead TV show, amongst other, you know, horror and zombie-related uh, movies and properties. So not just Walking Dead people will be there, others as well. I'm so looking forward to it. I know. It's, it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. Um, I would even, I would, I wish we would have had, we would have more time down in Atlanta, to be honest with you, so we could just spend time and look around and see what we can do down there. But we will be there for all three days of the con. So if you're going and you want to say hi, uh, there should be plenty of time for that. Yeah, look for people that look like us. Good idea. Yeah. <laughs> okay, The Talking Dead is now on Stitcher. Jason, Stitcher. Stitcher. So I was supposed to talk about this last week, but completely forgot. And, uh, but, but you know, I'm, I, I made a note now and, and uh, I'm getting to it finally. We are on Stitcher. You can go to stitcher.com slash podcast slash talking dash dead. That is our link. If you don't know what Stitcher is, it's kind of a podcast or internet radio playlist sort of app. And there's apps for iOS and Android, I believe. And uh, so you can use it that way, or you can go to the site and use their web app and uh, it's a it's a it's a great discovery engine for podcasts and online radio type stuff. So uh, it's taken us a long time to finally get around. I should say me taken me a long time to finally <laughs> get around to getting us on there. But it is now done. So if you're a Stitcher user and you've been waiting, and I know there's a few because people write in and ask me sometimes about it. We are finally there on Stitcher. Um, I'm going to put uh, something on our site as well, and uh, you can find us there. Awesome. Very very good. Um, continuing with the podcast related announcements, I got two more. All right. <laughs> so eventually we'll get into something, something meaningful here, but, um, I just wanted to let everyone know that we are now officially part of the iTunes affiliate program. Ooh, that is exciting. And what this means is that we will have links available for anyone to the iTunes store, uh, for music that we play on the show. If you've been listening for a while, you know that I generally sort of bumper our uh, Audible sponsorship in the middle with some music. And I decided that, uh, well, I didn't really decide, but people write in and ask me all the time, what's the song I played? Now, I've been posting the songs with each episode on our site, um, but, uh, you know, people people generally want to know. So I decided, and this sounds extremely self-serving now that it comes out of my mouth, that I think it would be a good idea to join the iTunes affiliate program. So if you're interested in the songs we play, we will have a link to the iTunes store for you to go check it out. And if you want, you can buy it. And what it means is that we get a really small cut from that sale, which all goes into help 
paying the bills and producing the podcast and uh, just making sure the lights stay on and the water stays hot around here. Right. So we use water in the show. We don't use water in the show. No, but we definitely use lights and electricity. So it uh, it makes sure the mics stay hot. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Make sure the lights stay on and the mics stay hot. There you go. Uh, so you know, I'm not going to bring it up every episode, other than maybe when we play a song to remind everyone that you can find out about the music on our website. Uh, but if you do hear something you like and you want to go check it out or buy it on iTunes. Um, it would really, really help. Anything, anything helps, of course. So uh, go to our site. There's a little widget on the sidebar there that has a playlist of the songs I play, and it will be continually updated as I play new ones every week. Cool. Finally, we've also had some people write in and ask us if we will be reviewing or discussing the Season 3 DVD slash Blu-ray that came out last week. Mm-hmm. The answer is yes and no. <laughs> yes, with an if, no, with a but. Well, uh, no, but, or I should say yes, but it won't be this week. Right. Um, mostly because, uh, you know, you just moved to Calgary and we didn't really have time to get organized and watch very much of the season three DVD and or Blu-ray. You know, moving away for, you know, four months or whatever takes up a lot of your time. You've got to organize stuff. And I'm totally, Blu-ray player. totally blaming you. Yeah. Is there a Blu-ray player in your hotel? No, there's not a Blu-ray player in the hotel room. Unless it's inside the TV, which I doubt. Is, uh, are you going to be in the same hotel the whole time, probably? Uh, no, I get to choose. If I don't like this hotel, I move to another one. If I don't like that one, I move to another one. I can stay wherever I want. Oh, nice. That's good. I chose this one this week. Any particular reason? Uh, nope. Okay. <laughs> I searched for hotels. This came up. The price was right. I booked it. All right. Very good. And now I'm here. Now you're here. Well, what I'm trying to say is we will get around to looking at the Season 3 DVD and uh, going through some of the special features, hopefully for next time on the podcast. But the way the schedule is shaken out, we've got two more before Season 4 starts. So it will, will be one of the two. We just got to figure out uh, what makes sense and what works. So if you're right. waiting to hear that, please be patient. It will come along. We just didn't have a chance to get organized for this week, so I apologize for that. Right. Um, and related to that, I, I happened to be looking up the uh, Walking Dead Season 3 DVD just before the show. And I guess this qualifies as news, but we'll do it here. It is the top-selling disc for the week since it was released. Awesome. And it beat out things like The Great Gatsby, which also came out, and uh, the kids' movie Epic. I never saw Epic. Did you see Epic? Yeah, I've seen it two or three times. And uh, really sort of, uh, I I really liked it. It was better than I thought it would be. There's one scene at the end which really bothered me. But I don't want to go into it because it's a little bit spoilery. But uh, I got through the first 10 minutes of The Great Gatsby. And then you had I to turn it, it off? <laughs> I didn't have to, but I chose to. Uh, my wife really liked The Great Gatsby, but I have not seen it. Oh, yeah, my wife and I, actually, it was a joint decision to turn it off. She didn't like it either, eh? No, we didn't like it. It was like, oh, it's so boring. <laughs> watch something else. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully, um, I don't know. Hopefully The Walking Dead can continue selling like gangbusters, as they say. Mm-hmm. All right, one more thing before we get to the Walking Dead news, and that is our um, weekly reminder about our short story contest. 
Yeah. And I have an excerpt here from a story to read. Cool. Now, just so everyone remembers, the entry deadline is Sunday, October the 6th at 11.59 p.m., about a week before season four premieres. And that is a Sunday, so we will have a podcast the next day. So there won't be a podcast right on the day or right before the deadline. So I will do my best to remind people as the day approaches on our Facebook page, on our Twitter account, and any other ways I can think of, maybe smoke signals or carrier pigeons, something. Take out a, take out a banner. Or, or maybe a full-page ad in the New York Times. Oh, full-page ad in the New York Times. Now you're talking about get a big sign on Times Square. Oh, see? No one will miss that. Nice big sign there, yeah. I'll hire, I'll hire planes to yeah to fly around all over North America with banners flying behind them that say the entry deadline is coming up. Right. Call uh, yeah, call a plane banner company and say that you would like 100% international North American saturation, please. <laughs> Send the bill to I want Talking p- Dead. <laughs> Send the bill to AMC. No. <laughs> I would like planes. I want blimps. I want hot air balloons. I want everything you've got. <laughs> Send the space shuttle up with a huge uh, billboard. And they'll say, no, sir, the space shuttles no longer fly. But for you, we'll, for ref- you. we'll refurbish one of those bad boys. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, so that's the deadline, Sunday, October 6th at 11.59 p.m. Today's excerpt comes uh, from uh, listener Liam Mansfield. That's a slightly longer one, but uh, here we go. It's called Strangers, a Walking Dead short story. He stood completely still, flecks of blood and brain beginning to slide down the wall. He stared at the red droplets. Tears streamed down his face as the horror became part of him. He remembered everything, especially the twisted, bloodthirsty faces of those he loved. They weren't the same people, he thought. They were shadows of themselves. He had to kill them. There was no choice. He remembered driving the axe through her head. He shuddered. I'm sorry. He woke with a start. It was early morning. He looked at her and began to cry. The gash through her forehead was black with blood. He searched the house, rummaging through photo albums and cupboards, looking for something of the person she once was. He found a photo of the smiling young woman he remembered. He tucked the photo in his pocket. He dug as quickly as possible. The ground was soft, but the sounds spurred him on. He lowered her body gently into the hole. Unearthly moans chilled the air. He prayed before placing the photo on her chest. A loud crash came from the perimeter. A dark-haired woman jumped the swaying fence and landed noisily in the garden. The woman rose as quickly as she had fallen. She rushed into the house. He stared at her back and at the wooden fence she had climbed over. The color drained from his face. The sound of pounding became louder as the undead gathered by the boundary surrounding the property. There's our excerpt. Cool. So if you wanted... Sorry? It was vivid. Very good. If you want to get your entry in, that deadline once again is Sunday, October 6, 2013 at 11.59 p.m. The rules are a thousand words or less or less. And the prize is a very, very cool original um, Daryl Dixon artwork print by friend of the show Dave, autographed by Norman Reedus. Nice. So get those entries in. The Walking Dead News. All righty, Jason, now it's time for some Walking Dead News. Awesome. Now that we're done all of the uh, podcast-related stuff. So, do you remember last week we talked a little bit about standalone episodes in Season 4? 
Yeah, bottle episodes. Bottle episodes. That's right. Um, so, uh, yeah, we discussed that possibility. So, Michael Osiello of TV Line at a post San Diego Comic Con Q and A made this comment. He said, I can tell you that the governor will have a major presence in at least two season four episodes, both of which are being unofficially billed as standalone governor installments. No specific intel on when those episodes will air, but I hear they'll likely fall in the first chunk of eight episodes. Um, did I read this quote last week? No. Okay, good. This is, this is news to me. <laughs> good. That's good. It's in the right section, and I'm not repeating myself. Right. Um, so it sounds like... If Michael Osiello of TV Line has, knows what he's talking about, we may end up with actually some Governor Bottle episodes, maybe two of them in the first half of the season. That's crazy. That's, that's first of all, too many. That's too many Bottle episodes in, in eight episodes, within eight episodes. I think, if I remember correctly, which I'm having trouble doing, as you can tell right now, I think I said maybe one or two per season, and you were like you one did. or one and or, I thought that was too many. Yeah, like one every other season. Yeah. So, so we're going to get to that's 25% of the episodes are going to be just the governor in the first half. Yeah. And the, yeah, of the first half of the season. Well, Chris from the UK sent this email in and he said, uh, it doesn't say that it doesn't say that's all the governor we get in season four, but it could be. I'm wondering if they are playing the long game and we see the governor setting up and starting again somewhere far from the regular crew, but somewhere they will eventually end up, maybe even in future seasons. I hate to say this, but I suspect it's as much about David Morrissey's schedule as it is about storytelling. Right. So, yeah, Chris in the UK sent me uh, sent the link to this article um, in the in uh, which he said was news over there, but I guess we didn't really pay attention to it, or I missed it over here. But, uh, um, yeah, you know, if they have governor episodes and we don't, and it's really just standalone bottle episodes with the governor, I wonder if it's just going to all be set up for some new confrontation with our group. I mean, obviously they have to come together again at some point. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I want the governor to go out and collect a bunch of crazy people and vehicles, including tankers, and soup them up, and I would like to see the Road Warrior reenacted on this show. Road Warrior. Okay. Mel Gibson. Uh, it's go, go back and watch it. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's post-apocalyptic uh, vehicles versus uh, fortress. Well, we have a prison that's a fortress. Exactly. And the governor may get vehicles. Yeah. You know? That's what I vote for. All right. Well, that could happen. You never know. There, if, if there's going to be some sort of confrontation, you think it would be a big deal. And since the governor did not have a lot of success the last time he tried to attack the prison, he's. Uh, you think if he's going to go for that again, he would really go over the top with the, um, uh, with the vehicles or the power or the firepower anyways. Oh, my God, you could get an A-team montage on there as he's welding stuff onto the vehicles. <laughs> Adding armor and guns and spikes. Exactly. Spikes. Spikes are very, very important for uh, tanker trucks. They are. In the post-apocalyptic world. Well, Chris's email mentioned David Morrissey's schedule. And speaking of his schedule, this news came out uh, last week as well. And that is that Mr. Morrissey has been cast in another AMC show. All right. He has been cast in a pilot. Now, this show has not been picked up for series yet, as far oh. as I know. It is just Pilots a, never go. 
Uh, well, sometimes they do, Jason. That's why we have shows on TV. Statistically, no. No? Okay, well. <laughs> the number of pilots made versus the number of pilots that actually go essentially zero. Well, the show he's been cast in is, because, is called Line of Sight, and apparently it is about a National Transportation and Safety Board inspector who survives a mysterious plane crash. Holy crap. I'm very interested in this show all of a sudden. <laughs> but it's never going to go, man. I want it to go. I am now willing this show to go forward. I want to see this. It's a funny, ironic premise where an NTSB investigator survives a mysterious plane crash. Yeah. But it does sound kind of interesting, doesn't it? I like watching those shows. You ever watch uh, Mayday? Nope. Never heard of it's it. A, it's a show on uh, Discovery Channel or uh, that uh, chronicles the story behind and the invest investigation after some kind of transportation accident. Normally, it's a plane crash. Like, they'll, they'll, chronicle, they'll chronicle a plane crash and then talk about the investigation and, uh, you know, detail the reports and why the plane crashed and all that kind of information. It's a documentary, kind of a docudrama kind of show. Sometimes they do trains and boats and stuff, but mo mainly it's plane crashes. But I really it, like that show. But is it fictional or is it based on no, real... No. No, it's real. They chronicle, they did, uh, you remember in Toronto a number of years ago, that plane went off the end of the runway into the gully and then completely caught on fire? Yep. But everybody got out okay? It was Air France, I think. Yeah. Because yep. it, it got struck by lightning uh, halfway down the runway and, or the pilot missed the beginning part of the runway, something about, something about that. Anyway, they did that. Oh, cool. They did, they chronicled that episode and, uh... Yeah, there's a lot of it's all it's all true stories. Everyone got out of that accident alive, if I recall. Yeah, they did. Everybody was fine. And in fact, I remember where uh, we were together when we heard about it, weren't we? We were, weren't we? We were at your cottage. Yeah, and my dad came running out of the cottage, who was there too, and he uh, gave he, us a report. He said a plane just <laughs> skidded off the runway at Toronto Airport. So um, weird how you remember those things. Anyways, yeah. my main question here is. Does David Morrissey being cast in another show reveal something about the governor's future on The Walking Dead? Yeah, he's going to die, and he probably should have died already. Yeah, well, I agree that he's going to die. Does Do you think this means that he's actually going to die a lot sooner than we think? I mean, it takes time for for shows to be developed and filmed and produced and so on, and Line of Sight may be month, many months away. Uh, for all and I know. would assume that the governor's episode, since they've already wrapped the first half of the first season, mm -hmm. or the next season, that uh, his episodes are done already. Yep. So uh, I'm not sure that would have had anything to do with his schedule. But it might mean that he's not coming back to The Walking Dead. Which yes, that that's uh, I, I believe that is what it means. I think that uh, if the governor's going to show up in the first half of this season, he's going to be dead by the end of it. Now... Is it possible that he could do both shows at once if he has a major part on both shows? Line of Sight apparently does shoot in Atlanta, so it's not like he has to fly across country. They generally don't like actors doing that. Yeah, I, I know, because they're totally different looks and characters, and maybe one character has a beard, one has long hair, one has short hair. And, it severely uh, limits schedules. It limits, uh, yeah, stuff like growing hair and beards and stuff. Uh, no, I don't think. I don't think they would do that. Gail Ann Hurd would put the brakes on, brakes on that, I'm sure of it. <laughs> She'd say, forget it. You're Forget you're, it. You're, Unless she's producing both shows, and then who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, I do, I do not know what the production uh, or who the producers are of, of Line of Sight, but could be. Um, I think, bottom line, though, Governor does not make it out of season four, and this is David Morrissey just uh, setting up something to do after The Walking Dead. Yeah. After he's done with The Walking Dead. So 
uh, whether line of sight goes anywhere or not, we don't know. But he's he's not he's not gonna make it past season four of this show. I don't think. Well, AMC, if you're listening, anybody at AMC is listening, I would watch this show. It does. Sound I, cool. I will watch this show if it airs. Okay, they have one viewer. That's enough. Guar- guaranteed. Guaranteed. Okay. Guaranteed. I will watch this show. I like David Morrissey. I like the NTSB. I like uh, airplane crashes. Oddly enough, I'm flying like twice a week for the next eight weeks. But uh, I like the investigations of such things. Investigations. I think you should clarify that statement a little bit. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, I like I Yeah. I don't want to participate or experience or hear about any plane crashes, but uh, that show Mayday, I really like that show. Jason does not condone air disasters. No, God, no. Uh, Okay, next item in the news. AMC has put out a bunch of very short season four promos, and I don't know if more are coming, but so far we have four of them, and uh, they are entitled Please Help Me, Cell Cell Block Breach, Car Attack, and Found Its Way In. Uh, the funny thing about Found Its Way In is that at least yesterday when I went to check them out on the AMC website, there was a typo in the title of that one. Found yeah. It's, I-T apostrophe S, Way In. Found It Is Way In. <laughs> <laughs> it could imply ownership. Do you think so? Found yeah. Its Way In? Do you, do you think it's not a typo? It found uh, its own way in. Found. It, it owned the way in that it found. It found Its Way In. Okay. <laughs> I guess so. They haven't corrected it. At least they hadn't by yesterday. I don't know if right. they have I, now. I would have made that mistake. Would you have? I No, I do that all the time. I put apostrophe S when I shouldn't, Some, implying ownership. Sometimes I do in, you know, uh, discussion or communication mediums such as instant messages or text messages where I'm really not paying that close attention to grammar. But And sometimes autocorrect screws you too. So That's um, called an atomic auto or an atomic spelling mistake. When you spell something correctly, but it's the wrong word, and spell check doesn't get it. Right. I see. Yeah. Or if you, yeah, okay. If you spell this, uh, a different spelling of the same word, like bear, exactly. yeah. B-A-R-E, or B-E-A-R. <laughs> no, I make that mistake all the time. I would have made that mistake for sure. Well, um, so two of them, cell block breach and car attack, we've basically seen before, because yeah. these contain footage from the Comic-Con trailer. Mm-hmm. Um but the other two, Please Help Me and Found Its Way In, are kind of new. So uh, you've had a chance to watch these. I, I have. Yeah. So Please Help Me is, um, the, the key here is that there's a voiceover of a woman's voice saying, please help me. And oh. it's an unrecognized or a, a voice that we do not recognize. True. So... I don't know what we can read from that. Probably nothing. Um, it's probably a, uh, well, for lack of a better term, a throwaway character that maybe is from the Woodbury clan. And, a woman uh, down a well kind of situation? Yeah, maybe. You know, maybe during uh, during the walkers when they get into cell block uh, D, I think it is, that we see in cell block breach, you know, maybe she's she's in trouble. She gets bitten. Who knows? And she she needs help. I went to our Facebook page, though, and I asked everyone there, watch this and see if you can identify the voice. And the overwhelming consensus was that it was nobody's, none of the characters that we already know. Right. However, everyone seemed to think it sounded like Lauren Cohan in her native accent. Oh. Um, Which doesn't make any sense because Lauren Cohan would not be using her native accent on the show. 
unless they just used her for the voiceover and said they wouldn't do do that. something different with your voice, which I I agree they would not do. It's more likely to be Anne Murray. Uh, I don't think it's Anne Murray, but uh, if it is, I'll give you a thousand dollars. Deal. <laughs> okay. Uh, somebody's gonna go and make a cut with Anne Murray doing a voiceover now. I just know it. That'd be cool. <laughs> if you can get a recording of Anne Murray saying, "Please help me." You're a better man than I. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't do that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I'm gonna say it's just probably a fairly in unimportant scene. Not unimportant, but like it's probably not going to be something that is going to lead to anything more important or bigger on the show. You know, it's just sort of a dramatic beat for that works well in a 16 second uh, promo or trailer. Right. You know, I, I can't think of anything else that's going to that's going to the that would be, you know, that we could take meaning from here. So uh, the other one found its way in. Now, Herschel's doing the voiceover in this one. So this one's very important, I think. And it relates to the mysterious unknown threat that has been teased for season four. Mm-hmm. Because Herschel says, everything we worked so hard to keep out just found its way in. <laughs> so what does that mean? It's got to be mice. Yeah, It's got to be mice, eh? You want to get mice out of your prison cell for when you're sleeping there? And then oh, they God. just come right back. Ick. Yeah. Nobody likes mice. Um... Obviously, they have taken steps to make the prison a safer and more enjoyable place to live in these dark times. And uh, I think things go to crap pretty quickly. And I think Herschel is, you know, talking to that a little bit. Well, they got to learn that lesson that no matter how much you prepare and uh, try and ward yourself against uh, the outside world in this universe, that it uh, it's really not going to work. That is sort of one of the themes of The Walking Dead, now that I think about it, that no matter what you do, you're just never going to be safe anymore because something is always going to go wrong. And whether that's just a lack of clean water or food or attack by zombies or, you know, other bad people, something is always coming to get you. Well, this happens once every season, right, where they have, uh, they find a safe place and they think it's going to be okay, but then it all goes to crap and they have to leave. It happened with Woodbury. It happened with the farm in season two. It happened with the CDC in season one. It happened uh, with it happened. the camp in season one, too. Yeah. That they were at for a short time. Essentially, every place they stop gets overrun, and they have to go. And so this, I think, is another example of that. Um, it is It is a theme in the comic, too. Oh, uh, yeah. Same sort of thing. Everywhere they go and they think they can be safe and make a life, something comes up, which at the very least, threatens that uh, their ability to do that. So um, so Herschel's just stating the theme of the show in uh, <laughs> out loud. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, the only other thing about Found Its Way In was that right at the end, there is a very dark shot with a character completely silhouetted in black, um, and you can't see who it is. And it was the only sort of mysterious shot in the four of them where you don't really know who it is, and it kind of looks like somebody sneaking through into the prison. Um, now again, consensus on the internet, and I wholeheartedly agree with this, is that it looks like Daryl. It just looks like his stance, sort of crouched down, arms up at the ready, kind of reminded me of when he was sneaking up on, um, uh, the prisoner, uh, with the knife. 
<laughs> just oh, before yeah. just before yeah, yeah. was it um oscar shot andrew right he was sneaking up on andrew who uh oscar shot at if i'm not mistaken anyway i'll go with that yeah i think that was it and and daryl's sneaking up behind him with the knife out it kind of reminded me of that only all in darkness so um unless i don't know unless it was something else i think it was definitely daryl almost even the hair kind of looked like his even though you couldn't really see it well there you go so if you want to check out these promos i think they're all on youtube or you can go to amc's website go to the walking dead page and they're there on the video tab um they're short but they're uh but they're sort of entertaining you get in the the car attack is cool because it's just a few extra shots of them when they're uh stuck in the zombies and they jump out and uh kill them there's some michonne katana work there although we've seen most of that in the trailer they're stuck in the zombie mud yeah the the pile of gooey zombie heads yeah Okay, um, season four official poster has been released. We had the San Diego Comic-Con poster, which we analyzed to death. And now <laughs> we are going to do the same thing with the official season four poster. So this is, again, something you can see on AMC's website. Um, Jason, why don't you explain? You got the poster in front of you? I think so. Why don't you explain uh, sort of what we see in this uh, in this picture here. All right. So at the center of the picture is Rick with his uh, with his handgun out, and he's surrounded by uh, the fence from the prison with the barbed wire on top. But he's standing in a breach in the fence. It looks like that part of the fence has been taken down, and he's looks like he's guarding that hole in the fence. And then off to the left, there's the the fornication tower. Uh, where uh, Glenn and Maggie go all the time. <laughs> the fornication for tower. It's not a guard tower. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. All right. So it's uh, and then behind him, it looks like the uh, the sun is either rising or setting on a uh, a very cloudy, stormy, uh, f- stormy day. Mm-hmm. And he's backlit a little bit. There's some low flying birds in the background. Um, oh, I don't have it. Oh, I got to zoom in. There's the okay. There's birds and stuff in the background, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I I think the shape of the for, the birds spell out Paul is dead. No, I don't know. I, maybe not. Uh, so so yeah, Rick's. You think he's guarding the hole in the fence, eh? Uh, that's what it looks like to me. What he's doing. Funny, that didn't occur to me. It looked to me like he was, well, standing there, staring straight at the camera for one. Oh. And his right hand is all bandaged, bandaged up. Yes, that's another important thing. His right hand is bandaged up. He's got his python in his left hand, which yeah. I guess he needs to do if his other hand is injured. Um, so what does this tell us? I think it tells me that there's some sort of serious breach in the fence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very clearly. Caused how, by birds. How it happened uh, or why it happened, we don't know. I think it's also interesting, too, how the fence is broken right in the middle there, right behind Rick. But on yep. the left side, from our perspective, yep. the chain links are all gone from between that's the true. posts, which is that's weird. That's so you can see the fornication tower clearly. I know. That's so you can see the tower. But do you think that's the only reason, or do you think there's actual more extensive damage to this fence than just that one break? Uh, I think that just the whole thing indicates the, the fence is coming down. Like, there's going to be a breach. Uh, this is probably the end of their stay in the prison. Should I go out on that far of a limb? Well, the fences are a pretty important defense of a prison. And one Plus of them. The, the, 
trailers we just saw. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I mean, one of the main thing, the main reason for staying at a prison is because it has giant fences around it. And uh, you're right. In the trailers, we see the fe- the zombies pushing over the fences and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So whether or not we get this sort of actual, you know, destruction of the fence, or this is just more symbolic of what's going to happen, uh, you're right. I think maybe their time at the prison is going to come to an end this season. Yeah. Uh, which is something that's kind of been talked about out there, but no one's really confirmed it or not. So I think this really kind of says a lot where the prison is no longer safe and they are going to either have to move on or, you know, live amongst, well, live in an unsafe location, which is not ideal. Well, yeah, that's, that'd be bad. <laughs> now about Rick's hand. So his hand is all bandaged up. Um Let's see. I assume his. Uh, we've seen the ty- we've seen the fight with Tyrese in the trailer, so I'm making the assumption that he hurts his hand in that fight. Now, there's a million ways he could hurt his hand, obviously, but punching someone in the face repeatedly is a good way to do it. Wouldn't you say so? Well, punching anything repeatedly, yeah, other well, than a pillow, <laughs> even that after a while might not feel so nice. <laughs> Depends um, on the pillow. Yeah. Now. This is a little bit spoilery, but we have to bring it up. In the comic book, the character of Rick loses his hand altogether. And oh, spoiler? Jeez. I said it's a little bit spoilery. I know. I mean, still, that's bigger spoiler than what I usually do. <laughs> yeah, but you're spoiling things unrelated to this show. Okay. <laughs> so it's different. Uh, he loses his hand in the comic book. That's all I will say about it. So if you don't know anything about that, you're going to read the comic don't worry, there's still lots of drama to experience. Um, and we've talked, you know, at length about why he isn't going to, why we don't think they'll take off his hand in the TV show. Reasons for such as that it's just too expensive because you have to do effects all the time and it seriously, seriously limits the ability of the character to, uh, to do things. You really always have to be thinking about him not having a hand and how that affects every single thing he does. And I just think they're not going to go there in the TV show. But then producer Dave Alpert came along and said this regarding Rick losing his hand. He said, It was one of those things where, given all the other things going on in season three, we decided it was too much to put on, to put in. That's not to say we're not going to do it later, but it was too much of a burden. Right. So, I don't know what he's saying there, but uh, it does sound like they've considered it and it's one of those things where the writers have the hand in their back pocket and are like at any time we can cut that sucker off yeah they're not gonna do that they already did it with Merle they can't cut Rick's hand off yeah but Merle's gone now and it doesn't matter they already I think that storyline kind of is spent now you think it's done and gone eh? I think it's done and gone I don't think that they can uh, I think they can hum and haw and they can all say Woo, we got that in our back pocket but uh, anytime they even think about bringing it up, it, it, the uh, they're gonna be, whoever brings it up is going to be shouted down by the other people saying we already did that, and it's too predictable. It it is a little predictable. I will give you that. And it, does it feel half-assed though for them to come along now and just give him a busted up hand and say, okay, well for a while he's going to be sore to be handless, but then everything will get better again. No, 
I don't think it. I think this kind of uh, it reminded me of the Gunslinger. Now, can I spoil that? Um. Well, let's warn everyone. Jason is going right, to spoil, spoil Stephen King's The Gunslinger coming up yeah. right now. All right. So uh, Roland gets uh, gets attacked by uh, these lobster-like things, and it, it, they clip off a bunch of his fingers. Right. So his hands get kind of mangled up, and he has to shoot. Like he's ambidextrous. He has two big two big revolvers, but uh, he he has trouble. And that's part of uh, throughout the books that he has trouble with his hands because of uh, these things that uh, that clip them off, clip off his fingers and really mangle his hands. And this kind of reminds me of that, right? He's got a busted up hand, and he's got uh, he's got the big revolver. He's sort of like Roland in this picture. Okay, I want it's it's uh, sort of a a reference to it, maybe. Maybe I don't know. Well, anyways, I think I mean. I'm glad they're not cutting the hand off, to be honest with you. I don't want to see that in the show. I just think it's too limiting. And uh, it will make for some probably some weird, you know, some weird camera work where they don't shoot his hand because they don't want to have to green screen it out or whatever. But yeah. um, at the same time, I don't know if I'm all that excited about Rick having a temporary hand injury just for dramatic purposes. Um I don't think it'll play a big part. I think that uh, he'll get into a fight. He'll bust up his hand like they do in uh, in TV shows where people get into fights and they have any kind of semblance of realism. Uh, and I think he's going to put a bandage on and it's going to be sore for a little bit. I don't think it's going to be a major plot point. I think it's just going to be uh, the result of some other dramatic event. But see, everything... Not the dramatic event itself. Everything is done for a reason, though. Like, if they're going to make a point of of pointing out that his hand is injured... You know, it's uh, it's it's got to come into play at some point later on. I think it's that in this poster, it's just the mystery of what happened. Right? Yeah, like well, what's, yeah, uh, that's that's for sure in the poster. Absolutely, you're like, why would he have a broken or yeah. bandaged hand? I don't think it's going to play a big part in the actual show itself. Okay. I think it'll be there, but I don't think it'll be uh, a, you know, part of the story. So I should stop worrying about it, is what you're saying? Yeah. All right. Fair enough, fair enough. I think I can probably do that. Um, now, we were just comparing this to the comic a little bit, and along those lines, um, Greg Nicotero had something to say about um, about storylines in Season 4 and how they relate to the comic. And this isn't spoiler at all, but Greg Nicotero said, It's uh, really fascinating to make those slight departures, introduce new characters, and then get to a situation where you take one episode and you really stick to the source material. You'll be surprised about the way the characters lay out. Um, And this was essentially reported as him saying that uh, at least one episode in season four will be taken verbatim from the comic. Well, that makes me want to go back and read the comic when they're at the prison. Like well, just actually, read that whole section. That's actually a really good idea. It's been a while since I've read that far back in the comics. And book nine is out now, I think. So oh, yeah. uh, there's a lot of... Uh, How can I keep up? I can't keep up. <laughs> it's tough. Uh, issue 114 comes out tomorrow. <laughs> so, uh, oh, yeah, there's a, lo- there's a lot of Walking Dead out there, man. Um, but uh, I just think it was interesting that Nicotero was uh, saying that we're going to you know, we're going to swing the show back at least temporarily right in line with the comic book before we kind of veer off again, maybe. So it will be interesting to keep our eyes open for that sort of thing in season four, I think. Yeah, yeah. All right, a couple more items in the news. Um, Breaking news, actually, (laughs) and that's a pun, (laughs) and I haven't even got to it yet. Um, A set, an injury on set has temporarily shut down production. 
Oh. Um, now, I don't think it's serious, but a spokesperson for AMC's uh, for AMC confirmed um, for 11 Alive News, I think that's a local station probably down in Atlanta, that an accident caused a production member to be airlifted to the hospital and filming, filming temporary halted on Friday. That would be uh, last week, Friday. Oh, geez. Um, no details on the extent of the injury. However, reports indicate that the person was already released from hospital by Monday, and uh, the AMC spokesperson has said that filming has resumed. So it doesn't sound like it was serious, but uh, I just want to say, everyone out there, please be careful. Yeah, two days in the hospital is nothing to sneeze at. No, I mean, not. it wasn't life-threatening, but a couple days in the hospital, you're right. That's um, That's a lot longer than you would be there for may say a hand injury for example a broken leg you be in and out in a day they just cast you up and They'd, send you on your way yeah they set it cast it x-ray you get you in and get you at the door i i think for some head injuries like maybe this person had a minor concussion they probably if, they, if there was a concussion they might have kept them they probably or her watch that a little bit more but I, I don't know i have no idea what the injury was but uh but then again i'm not sure i had a i had a roommate one time who um had a concussion and uh, he he was drinking and he fell down, and he had a concussion. And Who hasn't somebody, done that? And, so, uh, and then his buddy brought him home and woke me up, and said, uh, "You got to wake him up every hour." They said to wake him up every hour because he might have a concussion. So and he went to the hospital, right? It's like so into the hospital. Yep, you're drunk. You fell down. Here's a band aid. You might have a concussion. Wake him up every hour. And you so, did it. Yeah, I woke. I didn't want the guy to die no i i understand I mean, he's a bit of a jerk but i didn't want him to die <laughs> uh no i i full, uh, wholeheartedly agree with that um that must have been annoying for you though having to wake up every hour overnight to wake the dude up i, I really don't have any problems i've never had a problem either waking up or falling back asleep in the middle of the night i know I but no it, issues it, it also it messes up your sleep rhythm man not really no <laughs> no i mean you experienced it when we went to new york comic-con how long does it take me to fall asleep when i lie down 12 seconds. Sometimes 12 less. seconds. Sometimes yes, less. exactly. It's not a problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Well, in that case, if I ever have a concussion, I'm going to get you to come over and wake me up every hour. Sure. Uh, anyways. I wasn't, I wasn't nice about it. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't like, hey, it's time to get up just to make sure. It's like, hey, you alive? <laughs> uh, good. <laughs> Roll him out of the bed. Yeah, now you're up. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, everyone... Uh, involved with The Walking Dead and filming and doing stunts and whatnot, please be careful. We don't want any serious injuries to happen down there. Play safe. They um, didn't say it was an actor, though, right? They said uh, member of the production staff? Yes, they did not say actor. But okay. uh, probably, hey, I'm probably just, a stuntman. I'm equally concerned with everyone. Well, yeah, absolutely. For sure, for sure. If it was an actor, they would have said actor. But a member of the production staff probably means stuntman or stuntwoman. Sure. But please, stunt people, be careful. Yeah. Uh, a couple more stories. The Walking Dead uh, at the University of California, Irvine, has created a Walking Dead online course. This is weird. Online? Yeah. A, a, a MOOC. A massive open online course. Because everything needs an acronym these days. That's true. Uh, and here's the description. The free eight-week MOOC titled Society Science survival colon lessons from amc's the walking dead will be offered uh on instructures mooc platform canvas network and will be taught by a multidisciplinary team of uc irvine irvine faculty including zuzanna bick in public health 
Joanne Christofferson in social sciences, Michael Denon in physics, and Sarah Eichhorn in mathematics. Wow, that is one awkward paragraph. <laughs> well, hey, man, it's a little <laughs> bit, but I got through it. Uh, the first class is scheduled for October 14th, and the course will run for eight consecutive Mondays through December 2nd. Um, because the series will air at different times around the world, Canvas Network will put in place provisions to help international participants avoid spoilers. <laughs> so oh, okay. uh, this is kind of weird. If you ask me, I have no idea what the curriculum here is going to be like or the format or how they're going to do this. I've never participated in a MOOC before. Oh, I get it. Okay, so my brain kept inserting the word obstacle in there, and there is no obstacle in this uh, thing. Massive so, open online course. It's an actual university class. It's not yes, an no, obstacle course. I get course. it. I'm like, what the hell? How can they have an online obstacle course? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. It's just, it, no, I recognize it's my sheer stupidity that's had a problem with this the whole time, but now it makes perfect sense, and I would like to take this course. Well, it's free, Jason, so you or both of us can sign up if you want. Do you think we should? Well, yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll <laughs> see. Uh, anyone can register for this sucker. It's online. And, uh, you know, if you're listening and you're out there and you're going to join this, I don't know if there's any interaction between participants or, or students. I have no idea how this whole thing works. Um, but it could be interesting. It could be terribly boring, too. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've been in school. <laughs> Probably a little bit of both. Maybe. I don't know. Um, well, it is a course. Sure. Right? I mean, are it's we got to be a little bit boring. If it wasn't boring, it wouldn't be a course. It, it would, would be recreation. Yeah, that's right. It wouldn't be school. Um, I, are we going to have to write, you know, like essays and do book reviews and stuff like that? Well, <laughs> do, we hey, do. do we, I wonder if we get a, a diploma or some sort of certificate at the end. No, we do that. We do book reviews. Uh, we do. That's true. We haven't written an essay, though. Come on. This is all the Walking Dead course you need right here, right now. Although... Yeah. I don't know. This might be fun. I, I'm thinking about it. Maybe I'll join. Uh, no, I'll do it. Okay. I'm on board. You can post a link. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Canvas.net slash TWD for more information. Well, I will post that in our show notes. And if any of you out there listening are going to do this or have already signed up, uh, I would be interested in hearing your thoughts on it, whether or not Jason does it or not. Um, it's it's This whole MOOC is new to me, so uh, I'd like to hear how it goes and what kind of things you discuss and learn. Cool. All right, Jason. You're going to be our, our Walking Dead MOOC student. Okay. I'm signing up right now. <laughs> okay. Good for you. Um, finally, in the news this week, there's a little bit of comic news here. The Walking Dead number 115 comes out next month on October the 9th. And as I said a few minutes ago, number 114 comes out tomorrow. So we still have to get through that. But 115 comes out on the 9th, and it is being released with 10 different covers. 10. Similar to issue number 100, but that one I think only had, well, I don't know if it had as many as 10. I can't remember. Uh, but this one has 10 to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of the comic book. Oh, cool. And it also starts the All Out War story story arc, which people have been looking forward to. So uh, apparently each cover depicts a key moment from that year of of the comic. And that can probably mean character deaths or just big, big events or, or whatnot. Um, all the covers are already available online if you want to go check them out. Obviously, if you haven't read the comic, they're maybe a little spoilery since they're depicting scenes from it. Um, but uh, there you go. So if you're a collector of the Walking Dead comics, 
you better start saving your pennies and dimes right now so you can afford all of these different uh, covers. Cool. Chances are there will be other super exclusive ones too because they do like to do that sort of thing. They really do. Uh, so uh, save a lot of money. Um, and that's October 9th. They all come out, as I said. So Walking Dead, number 115. I can't believe it. There's so many. I have every issue starting from like 65 or something like that. That's awesome. It's pretty good, but I do wish I've, I had I've gone them. in fits and starts. Fits and starts, eh? Yeah, I'm now at a stops. Mm. I haven't bought an issue in a while. Right. Uh, you've read up to 100 currently, right? That's correct. Yeah. Well, I can't believe 100 was, you know, 14 months ago already. Yeah. What the hell? Where is the time going? My God. Into the past, my friend. <laughs> at, at an alarming rate, actually. Yes. Accelerating even. Yeah. All right, that is going to wrap up the news. We are going to take a quick break now, uh, as we always do, to thank our sponsor. Um, when we come back, we will do some brief listener feedback and then announce our next Walking Dead actor spotlight. And it is a special one, so make sure you uh, tune into that. And uh, that's all coming up after the break. We'll be right back. For you, the listeners of The Talking Dead, Audible is offering a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial, so you have the chance to check out their service. This week, we have another listener recommendation, Jason, so uh, let's see so let's see what we got. All right, we got uh, Kelly from Hamilton, Ontario. Right in our backyard. Our backyard. I wanted to recommend a book, Robopocalypse, by Daniel H. Wilson. Uh, it's a machines against humanity sort of story and told in the style of World War Z, or Z, as it were, uh, with accounts from several different individuals who survived zero hour uh, and the ways in which their actions played a part in the bigger picture, picture of humanity's survival. The author is a PhD in robotics, which I think is evident in a lot of the details used in the book. That sounds cool. Robopocalypse. And Robopocalypse. From, and from Audible, the description reads, They are in your house. They are in your car. They are in the skies. Now they're coming for you. In the near future, at a moment no one will notice, all the dazzling technology that runs our world will unite and turn against us. Taking on the persona of a shy human boy, a childlike but massively powerful artificial intelligence known as Arcos comes online and assumes control over the global network of machines that regulate everything from transportation to utilities, defense, and communication sounds cool. sounds awesome to me 
and it comes in at 12 hours and 43 minutes. To download Robopocalypse or any other free audiobook from their 100,000 title catalog, please head over to audibletrial.com slash talkingdead. That's audibletrial.com slash talkingdead for a free audiobook. Just a quick reminder that if you in, uh, if you enjoyed the music you heard, head over to our website to check out the iTunes widget on the sidebar where you can find a playlist of all the music we played, sample it, and click through to find out more information at the iTunes store. Listener feedback. All right, time for listener feedback. We got one email and one call this week, Mr. Miles. Cool. First, we'll do the email. What do you say? All right, sure. All right. Uh, this comes from Hayes in Australia, and uh, I, I just want to say that Hayes got this in just under the wire. I got the email just about an hour before we started recording this evening, so uh, Excellent. good good timing. Hayes says, good day from Melbourne, Australia. Good day. I, I was listening to podcast number 106, and you mentioned that the picture that Michonne and Carl had retrieved from the King County Cafe was a Grimes family photo. Obviously, this is a few podcasts back from season three. You were, taking, you were talking about why the photo would be there. Maybe because Rick's the town sheriff, maybe friends of the cafe's owner. This got me wondering if the photo was there because Lori worked there pre-zombies. Do, do we know what her employment situation was before the dead came back? And this got me wondering that I don't think we do. We know Rick I'm, was... Sorry? I'm thinking back and I don't know that we know. We don't have that information. Um, not, not really, no, uh, not in the context of the show anyways. Um, but I, I mean, we know Rick was a sheriff, Shane was a police officer, Andrea, um, was a lawyer, lawyer. right? Uh, yeah, law clerk, I think, or, uh, something like that. I think, yeah. I think Michonne was in law too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Dale was retired. I don't know if we know what he did. Um, other people did other things, I suppose, but... Uh, I'm sure I, they did. I don't think we know what Lori did. So I went to the Walking Dead wiki and looked her up. And uh, according to the page for her character on the TV show, she was a stay-at-home mom before the uh, zombie outbreak. And there's no information about uh, what she did before her and Rick had Carl, before they had kids. So uh, I think that's an assumption, that she was a stay-at-home mom. Um... It could I don't be. think they explicitly said it, but every uh, indication is that she probably was a stay-at-home mom, but I don't think it's explicit one way or the other. Uh, no, you're probably right, but that's the information that's there. That Now, that's on her TV show character page. On the uh, comic book character page for Lori, 
it refers to her as a homemaker. So more or less the same thing, I guess. Oh, there you go. Um, but regardless, that's, I guess, what she was doing immediately before the zombie apocalypse because she had a young son. Uh, who knows what she did before that? So to answer your question, no, we don't really know what she did for employment before the dead came back. Right. Uh, all right. Here is a call. This one's a little unusual. It comes from Jason on the Internet. Hi, guys. Jason from the Internet calling. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I was listening back to a previous episode because I wanted to see if they actually bleeped me, they, you, Chris, actually bleeped me when I said that the... And I was thinking about the zombieism or an aspect of zombieism creeping into uh, human behavior. This was the, the, in response to the, you know, talking about the new threat that could be possible in this, in this, in this upcoming season. And I was thinking uh, if the aspect of zombieism is, you know, completely over-the-top obsessive compulsive disorder something or other that uh, you know somebody becomes completely obsessed with something uh, what if this aspect has already crept into the show we look at the, the governor or Shane or Morgan for example they seem to be completely over the top obsessed with something or other what if that's already an aspect of the zombie disorder or zombie disease anyway it was just a thought I thought I'd call in have a good time bye Wow, that gentleman sounds handsome. <laughs> he sure does, doesn't he? <laughs> I think he just got a haircut, too. That could be. <laughs> sounds like he got a haircut. He sure does. Uh, so, in case you couldn't tell, that was you. So what it prompted you to call in um, instead of, you know, just talk now here? Could, well, because, uh, you know, the agenda is pretty much set, and uh, I most likely would have forgot, unless it, you know, came up naturally again. Right. So I thought I'd call in. I first thought would I email in, be an email, but uh, I just thought I'd call in with uh, with that, just to prompt a discussion again. Sure. Right? Calling makes more sense. If you emailed in, you would would have either had to read your own email, or I would have had to read your email, which either way is kind of weird. It's a little weird. So, Less weird uh, yeah. than calling. <laughs> yeah, so I was just thinking that uh, what if we've already seen this uh, manifestation of this threat in uh, in past episodes? So your point is that people, as we all know, are all infected with the zombie virus, although it doesn't really do much to them until they're dead and they return as a zombie, unless it, in some people, manifests in this sort of extreme... OCD kind of way where they become obsessed with things. Right. Uh, Shane was obsessed with a lot of things, uh, protecting Lori and sort of and and Carl and sort of uh, being their their husband and father figure. Um, what was your other example? Morgan. He was Morgan clearly clear. obsessed with clearing and a little yeah. bit nuts. The governor and the governor who was crazy in a lot of ways too. Yeah. Um, all three of them displaying really obsessive tendencies and well, uh interesting theory that this isn't really part of their natural personality but brought on by the virus inside them right sort of like a uh, you know it's sort of like the 28 days later rage virus mm -hmm. you know it's just it's not really zombieism it's a uh, more just extreme rage you know this is uh, sort of an aspect of that whereas it's already bleeding over into the living these uh, aspects of being a zombie. And, you know, it's an interesting idea, too, when you think about it, because, you know, we've 
uh, we've had discussions with with listeners and so on about the difference between you know the the zombie movie where it's the undead versus the infected where they're not technically undead but they're like zombies um, this is a scenario at least the way you describe it where sort of both is happening yeah you know you are infected it affects you in a certain way makes you nut nutso and uh, when you die then you become an un- undead zombie that may be a first and it Maybe. also may not be happening but <laughs> yeah well I, you know it's just a theory it's a good one too and it's it, fun it, it is fun too to think about that being sort of the threat in the prison as as you said um, people just being obsessive and crazy and not being able to live amongst other regular people because they just you know they're too nuts right i like it i like it jason print it write it for the show um all right well if you ever want to call in again feel free and okay. uh <laughs> i'll call in right now where's my phone <laughs> no don't do it don't do it right now oh okay uh all righty finally the walking dead actor spotlight we are going to do one more for this off season before season four starts and we're cheating here a little bit but i think it's worth it and i don't have a problem with it because we're not apologetic about, at all about this no 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 not at all in honor of this person being the guest of honor at walker stalker con we are going to go back and revisit the work of greg nicotero uh, yeah. and he, he has a vast vast catalog to choose from too and we're gonna watch it all every single thing <laughs> no that no, would be impossible no, we can't do that uh but i have chosen five uh, items here to watch in case this is your first time listening. What we do is we, uh, in our actor spotlights, or in this case, our producer, director, slash special effects man spotlight, <laughs> um, we, we go back and we choose some selections from the past catalog of the actor, watch it, and then talk about it. It's something to do in the off season that uh, gives us a little bit of perspective on where the cast member has come from leading up to The Walking Dead, leading up to their role in The Walking Dead. Uh, but this time we're going to do Greg Nicotero. So here's what we're going to watch uh, in more or less reverse chronological order. A documentary, a made-for-TV documentary called Fantastic Flesh, Ooh. which is a documentary about you know special effects and... Uh, makeup and masks and all sorts of practical effects that you can do for movies and there's a there's a he's in it greg nicotero's in it and there's apparently a strong focus on his work in it so i think it'll be interesting it'll be the first time we've seen a documentary for a spotlight it'll be an interesting insight into what he does we're going to watch hitchcock from 2012 he served as special makeup effects artist on that movie cool and uh who plays hitchcock again uh, that is Sir Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins uh, undergoes a fairly substantial makeup transformation to be Alfred Hitchcock. So uh, yeah. that's why I chose that one. Have you seen it yet? Nope. I've seen it. It's good. <laughs> that's good. Save it for uh, the next podcast, though. Well, I'm going to watch it again. I'm yeah, gonna... yeah. Absolutely. Watch it again. You have to watch it again with an eye for the effects, the makeup effects. Yep. Uh, from one year earlier, we're going to watch The Grey because on this movie, he served in the makeup department as animatronics supervisor. So very different kind of of work, I think, than uh, special effects makeup. Have you watched The Grey already? 
I've watched the first 38 minutes of The Grey. That is not enough. you got to watch the rest of it. I'm aware. Um, 2006, he was an actor in a movie called Cemetery Gates. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how large his role is in this, but he plays stoner dude Doug. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) Yeah, so that's going to be... That's like the best role ever. It's going to be awesome, I think. Um, I don't know much about this movie, but it's from 2006, and uh, that's his only credit on the film. Oh, my God, they should have called the movie that. Stoner Stoner Dude Dude Doug. Doug. (laughs) That's a great name for a movie. Well, I think uh, I think uh, James Franco should do a movie called that. I think that'd be perfect for him. Shit, that's a good idea. Stoner <laughs> dude Franco. <laughs> he wouldn't even be acting most of the time. No. And then one more, a movie from 1989, very early in Nicotero's career called Intruder. Now, this movie also stars Bruce Campbell and some other recognizable names. And I had not heard of this movie either, so I think it will be another fun one to watch. And on this familiar. one, Intruder? Yeah, well, or is that Flight of the Intruder? Well, there's that. I, God, I remember watching that a lot when I was a kid. All right, I think that was it then. Well, he, Greg Nicotero serves as special makeup effects artist on this one too. And the reason I chose this is because apparently he did the same thing on this movie in 1989 that he did on Hitchcock in 2012. So we may be able to look at some comparison work there, or maybe not. I don't know. There's also budget constraints. It's not just a matter of the skill of the master, right? It's uh, it's a matter of what kind of budget do you have to work with. I think Hitchcock probably had, comparatively, even if in adjusted dollars, had a greater budget than Intruder in 1989. It probably did, but, you know, as a prof- as a professional, I'm sure Greg Nicotero wants to do the best work he can regardless of budget. So, you know, I think we might be able to even look at a stylistic difference, maybe, that he's developed over the course of his career. You never know. Right. Maybe not. <laughs> we will see. We will see. So that's Fantastic Flesh, a made-for-TV doc- documentary about uh, movie effects. Hitchcock from 2012, The Grey from 2011, Cemetery Gates from 2006, where he plays stoner dude Doug, and Intruder from 1989. Those are our selections for the Greg Nicotero Walking Dead actor spotlight. I'm so excited. And I can actually say actor spotlight because, as we know, he has portrayed numerous zombies on the show. And stoner dude Doug. I mean on The Walking Dead, but yes, he was an actor in Cemetery Gates. (laughs) Cool. So we'll discuss Greg's work on our next podcast, which should be on September 23rd. That is a Monday, roughly two weeks from now. Um, After that, we will have a podcast likely on Monday, October the 7th, which is one week away from the premiere and the day after our deadline in the short story contest. So uh, like I said, I'll remind everyone about that. But then after those two podcasts, it's back into regular schedule, baby. And uh, we're back into season four and doing what we do. So uh, anything else before we uh, wrap her up here? What time is it in Calgary? Oh, I don't even know. It's 7 Six, p.m. 7 o'clock, I think. Yeah. They're two hours behind. So, uh, um, all right. Well, say hi to the plains and the Rocky Mountains for us. I'm not going to say hi to nothing. <laughs> I might say hi. To, I'm going to call my wife. Say hi to her. Say hi to your TV I'll... for a little while and then go to yeah. bed. That's right. I'm going to watch uh, Breaking Bad. Oh, my God. That's a really good idea. Yeah. A really, really good idea. 
people have written in asking us what our opinions on Breaking Bad is. And okay, well, don't spoil this episode for me. I'm not going to spoil the episode. I'm not going to spoil anything other than to say Breaking Bad is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Oh yeah, it is so so good. I feel I feel guilty. I like it so much. If we ever, I don't know. Maybe we should. You know what we should do, Jason? Here's what we're going to do. What should we do, Christopher? I just had an idea for our last podcast before The Walking Dead comes back on the uh, 7th of October. Okay. Let's do an all non-Walking Dead episode. Unless there's something major There's got to be news the week before it comes out. Okay, there's got to be something. We can do some news. But other than that, why don't we talk? Maybe hi- during the hiatus. No, I think it'll be a good palate cleanse before we get back into season four. We can do, we can do the news. All- but okay. then we can talk about Breaking Bad. We'll talk about Dexter. We'll talk about other shows, whatever whatever we think of. Just people ask us our opinions, or at least they email in and say, what did you think about this? How come, you know, would you guys ever talk about another TV show? And uh, we try to keep it pretty Walking Dead focused around here, but maybe once a year or something like that, we can we can do a little chat about something else. What do you think? All right, we'll, all right, we'll pick five shows. Something and we'll like just that. talk about them. Something like that. Just so people know, just so we can sort of let people know what we think. I think it might okay. be fun. Sure. If you guys think it's a terrible idea, then tell us and we'll kibosh the whole thing. But uh, if that's the kind of thing you want to hear, then then let us know too. Uh, it won't happen that often, but it might be fun once in a while. And the best way to let us know if you uh, want to hear that or not, is to give us a call on these online at 1-866-483-ZOMB. That's 1-866-483-9662. You can tweet us at Talking Dead on Twitter or head over to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. Always good stuff going on there. And uh, you can send any email correspondence to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Um, all right. So uh, that's about it, I think. Visit our site for the iTunes widget. Go to audibletrial.com, audibletrial slash, what the hell is it? Audibletrial.com slash talking dead <laughs> for your free audio book. And uh, until next time, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening, everybody. Ciao.